Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast with Nabiha and Warda. We are two sisters with 10 kids between us, sharing our experiences about motherhood, relationships, and striving to build happy Muslim families. Let's get cracking. Today's question is, do you lie to your kids? Ooh, Arda, I want you to answer that right away. I would say no, a resounding no, probably. (laughs) I do not lie to my children. At least I do not willingly lie to my children. Um, What would your answer be? Yeah, I would say no as well. And that's probably hard for many parents to hear that we don't lie to our kids because sometimes they have questions and how do you not lie to them without going into such hefty conversations or not necessarily answering the question that they want you to answer at that well, time. I mean, I actually find it, I was trying to, I find it strange. Like, what would you lie to your kids about? Like, I don't think. Oh, people lie to their kids all the time. About why everything. would somebody f- lie to their children? Like, if I, you behave, I like I'm going to buy the, you this candy. If you, uh, if you come off the playground, we're leaving in five minutes and you're there for half an hour. Or uh, if you do this, I'm going to do this. And then they don't follow through. Okay. Um, okay. So parents, so I, I was I thinking of it of more a malicious situation, but no, you're right. I don't those know everyday, those little what would they call white lies? It's still yeah. a lie. It's not necessarily yeah. the truth that you're telling them. Um, and so I don't I know if thinking- parents do it intentionally. It might be just something like a habit or things that right. you tried in the past, and maybe it's not working that well. But then it turns into this like habit that you have five more minutes when it's really like half an hour or, or okay, minutes okay. more. Yeah, see, like that, I don't know. It That's kind of great if I would consider that necessarily a lie, like you said, because they don't intend it. It's just like conversation ensues. But I think it is when they're like, if you get in the car now, I'm going to buy you something. And then you yeah. take it the and then and you, you forget about like, it. No, I'm not going to buy you anything. I was just saying that to get you to do the thing. Uh, that's not a great parenting tactic. I would not. It's somehow always backfired. <laughs> it, it tends to always backfire because that kid will hold you to it. If you say you're going to buy them X, Y, and Z, a new, a new candy or or, a new toy or a candy or something, and you don't follow through with that, that kid will hound you and ask you again when you are home and ask you again the next day. And well, you said this, you know, so I think the conversation in whole is kind of twofold because not only should like, we don't lie to our kids, but what does that show for the kids? Like, does that encourage them to lie to you? Because that's an interesting part of the conversation is, do we want to raise kids who are lying to us? And I feel like a lot of times people tell you that once kids reach a certain age, it's kind of like normal for them to kind of lie to you. It's kind of their part of growing up and their uh, stage where they're at. But I don't know. It hurts either way when kids lie to you. It, it, It just seems very personal, even if the kids don't mean it that way. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that peop, the, our kids watch everything we do. Oh, and yeah. that's how they learn to live in the world. They learn to live in the world based on the example of those closest to them. So as a parent, I think you have to be very careful about the actions and how your children are interpreting those actions. I know growing up, it was very common to see people in the community, um, parents, aunts, uncles, um, doing the whole cliche like, the phone rings, tell them I'm not home <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> or, or tell so-and-so like a lot of like fake 
type yeah. of behavior. Um, I know that was a very like common thing, especially on TV and stuff, but I don't know necessarily like today we have such transparency with like texting and stuff, but do we still have that behavior of like trying to get out of situations by lying? I don't know. I think that's something that we might have to explore a little well, bit. Well, kids will see that. I think they pick up on that very easy. Like you said, they're sponges. So they are grasping everything you do and don't do necessarily things that you think, oh, they're not watching me or um, telling that person I'm not home. Those are lies that you are telling and you are teaching them how to deal with situations that you don't necessarily want to get out of. So we as parents need to be good role models and realize that whenever your kids are around, they are picking up on everything you're doing and everything that you're not necessarily teaching them, the nonverbal communication or nonverbal things that you're having or interactions with other people, they're watching you. Yeah, that's an important point to be had that you made there. Um, So like parenting is hard though, right? So like I I can see how we get into these situations as like moms trying to do our best job and you're just frustrated and you're just trying to get through the day. But what about the scenarios of like the real deep lying scenarios that, um, so I'll I'll paint a few for you. So lying about, I mean, we of course don't celebrate Christmas, but lying about Santa Claus is like a cultural situation that occurs, right? Norm, yeah. Society propagates this lie. Absolutely, and and it it can become a a little bit of a strange situation. I mean, you might have stories of your children interacting with their Christian friends, and like maybe the Santa Claus thing comes up, and they can't tell the kids whatever they know. So that's an interesting scenario. But what about? um, I also saw a. Let me just um, make a point on that because that actually did happen to me several times because in preschool, it's such a big deal. Christmas, any of the holidays, but especially Christmas. So my son, um, Yusuf, he actually came home and was saying about Santa Claus and all this stuff when he was in preschool. And it's interesting because we had a whole talk about it. That's the thing about me. I would kind of go into a whole long, I'll stop whatever's going on just to answer their question or kind of get into it a little bit more to until they have some sort of understanding about the question. So we talked about it and I told him, look, we don't believe in Santa Claus as Muslims and we don't celebrate Christmas. That's not our holiday. When Eid time comes around, that's when we really do it up big, but the kids at school, that's their holiday and that's what they believe in. And it's not our job to go and tell them Santa Claus is not, you know, real or not something for them to believe in. That's their parents' job. So if they tell you Santa Claus is coming and all this stuff, you just nod your head and smile and say, okay, but don't go and tell them because you don't want to spoil their fun. You don't want to, that's not your job. You're not their parent. So we had to have that whole conversation and kind of really make him understand that even though you don't believe in this, somebody else might, and it's not your job to go and burst their bubble or, you know, spoil the fun for them. Just go, you know, just nod your head. and and (laughs) (laughs) Which is a lot for a a A four-year-old. Yeah, it's a lot for a four-year-old to do. But trying to show them that in a way, because of all that excitement of holidays, and I I know we probably have some holiday episodes with Eid and all that Ramadan stuff coming up, but because we celebrate so big and we go like, you know, huge for Ramadan and for Eid, your kids do have something to look forward to. So when these other holidays are having such a great fun time celebrating these things, you can kind of change their perspective a little bit and be like, wait, yours is coming up soon too. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And take it away in that direction. So they understand a little better. Yeah. But yeah, that was a hard thing to deal with. <laughs> I, I had yeah. no clue. And 
now I have my answer for all my kids that I tell them. So Right, right. And it is a real thing that um, occurs. And I, we can't speak to that because we never grew up believing in Santa Claus or celebrating in that way. Um, but what about some families that have determined that they want to lie to their children, let's say about death or about um, taboo topics one. in general? Yeah. Um, that your goldfish you know, didn't die. He went for a trip. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or your kitty ran away. She didn't die. Afraid to confront some of those topics. Yeah. You know, of course, like sex is another one that a lot of parents mm. are not sure how to deal with. So the stork brought the baby. <laughs> so we I mean, I, I would consider those particular scenarios answering in that way a lie or, you know, being deceptive. Yeah. Um, because you are not. I understand being age appropriate, but then being false, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you can say, um, like for me, I feel, cause my children five and under, we haven't confronted some of the like big topics yet. We've have talked about death and that is something that we continuously kind of work on discussing as it comes up. Somebody passed away. We talk about funerals. Of course they have their oldest cousin that yeah. passed away and we have his picture on the fridge. So we could talk about it, but I feel like when they get older, I would approach it in a way of like, let's let's um, talk about this a little bit more, depending on the maturity of the child. Yeah. What are your thoughts to be how with like your older children? Well, it's difficult because sometimes they ask you these questions at not the most, you know, the, the best timing. Like I <laughs> remember being cooking in dinner time. Yeah, in the middle of serving and prepping dinner for five kids. It's it's. You, there's a lot going on. And right now is not the time to have the birds and the bees conversation, son. <laughs> so, I mean, not that he did that, but I'm just saying like, sometimes it's not the right time. So you can uh, put like, put off their question and be like, okay, you don't have to answer it right now. Let's talk about that after dinner, or let's sit down, make some time tomorrow to discuss that. You don't necessarily have to say, no, the stork brought the baby and that's it. Let's move on. You can't, you can get away with not answering the questions at that particular time without lying and being deceptive. But on the other hand, you do have to sit down and discuss it. Exactly. You can't avoid exactly. that conversation forever because your kids will, if you're not answering their questions or you're not being open and honest with them, they're going to go to somebody else. And a lot of times that turns out to be friends or people who they, you may not necessarily want that information coming from. Oh, you definitely source. do not want that. No, you don't want a little kid going and running and asking their friend, you know, about certain topics, you'd rather them come to you and have that open, honest relationship. So, I mean, I have a lot of times seen things on TV when with, with my kids were watching and um, it was a few years ago, actually, we go, we, we enjoy the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. So I remember a few years ago, they had the parade was on and my kids and I were all watching and enjoying it. And they had a lesbian kiss that happened Mm -hmm. on the parade and, and, it happened. Everyone saw it. It was, you know, my kids usually turn away whenever anyone kisses, but it was something that happened. And, you know, they were like, they just looked at me. They didn't even ask me anything, but I knew what they were thinking. And I just kind of paused the the show and we sat and had this whole discussion about it because these are things that occurred. So I often take the opportunity when things come up to kind of take a pause. And we had a whole discussion about gay and lesbians, believe it or not, for a seven-year-old or, you know, uh, a little kid. I mean, you, do, you don't go into so much detail where it's not age appropriate, but at the same time, they're going to see this out in the world, whether or not you want to put them in a bubble, that's your, you know, prerogative. But I rather my kids understand 
from my perspective, what our religion says about these things and what we believe. And at the end of the day, it turned out to be something, even though I remember it being such a big deal afterwards, like Christian groups and all these parent groups were saying, how could they and all this stuff. But for our family, it turned into something that when I look back on it now, that occurred, we were able to discuss it. Now they know. They know what's out there in the world. So if they see something like that at high school or in, you know, supermarket or somewhere, wherever it is, they have an idea of, oh, wow. So not that I'm intentionally trying to expose them to these things, but we live in America. Inevitably, somehow or another, they're going to find out about this. And I think that um, like that, I I forgot about that. That's a really important and and it's happening time and again. We're seeing like the the entertainment industry pushing the limits and exposing children to more and more. But I think overall that it is really the parents who have the problem more than the children, I find, because, you know, as a teacher as well in the classroom, like you may think about something much more deeper, but for the child, it's not that big a deal for them. Like they can confront, look at fairy tales, like all of these deep, crazy scenarios. I remember when my father saw Frozen for the first time, he was like, how is it possible they can show this to children? This is such a <laughs> dramatic situation. Like he's referring to like the sisters and the trauma and everything taking place. And I let him, I was, I, you know, we were having this conversation that actually for children, they're interpreting it on their emotional level. Right. So for them, it's not as intense as it is for you as an adult, you know, understanding the complexities of the, the family dynamic and what's taking place. I think that kind of translates to, to the whole, like, whether it's homosexuality or, you know, we mentioned like birds and the bees and all these different topics, death, they're going to interpret it on their level. And we are the one bringing the anxiety and the fears and the, for them, it's like, it can be a normal, sensitive topic that they can navigate like any other normal, sensitive topic of my friend taking my things and figuring out how to share and everyday scenarios children have to overcome. So yeah, I think age it's important to keep we, that in mind. We bring a lot of our own baggage or our own experiences into conversations that might not necessarily apply to them. So if you have an uncomfortableness about a topic, maybe discuss it with your spouse and, and you know, ask your husband, how can we discuss this? Because to me, I got a lot of, you know, emotional things when I talk about this topic. Maybe you should take the lead in this conversation because as parents, you have to discuss it together. And and not every time would a situation make you go into such a big, hefty conversation. Sometimes it's as simple as we don't believe in that. That's not something we do. Right. Moving on. Like <laughs> yeah. until they're at the level where they can get into more depth and understanding. Right. Because as kids age, you know, their brain level changes and they become more mature and able to handle different situations. Yeah. So it's it's being honest, I think in general, it's something that the entire family should work together and yes. trying to be because you want your kids to be able to tell you the truth. And they're not. Sometimes they're just going oh, yeah. to lie to your face. Did you brush your teeth? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Absolutely. Nope is what I'm thinking. My son said I was yes. horrified the first time Jabber told me a lie, which was like the same scenario. Like, did yeah. you brush your teeth or did you change your oh, clothes? Oh, yes, I did. And I was and- like, seriously? But... You know, it's funny because I have a memory of our mom when I was, you know, maybe like 10, 11, 12, something in that 
group age range and she asked me something and she was in the the heat of cooking dinner and stuff and i remember telling her something like i told her false like i i lied to her right it was something silly like did you eat this or did you pray or something like that that as a kid you're just like trying not to do at the moment <laughs> and she confronted me she was like you're lying to me and i remember she was so dramatic and angry about the fact that i just told her like a lie in her face and it stuck with me it stuck with me like whoa don't lie to mom this is a really bad thing she's like i can't believe you lying to me oh my god and like i loved it like i'm thinking back as an adult like i'm you know 20 30 years later and i'm like that it's important to sometimes be dramatic for our children to instill in them that this is a value we don't mess with. We do not play around with our, our speech and our tongue and our ability to, to be honest, because that is something that is a no, no in our, in Mm -hmm. our home. Um, And so then like growing up, we came from a family background where we were very open, honest, plain spoken people. (laughs) I would say, yeah. Got me in a lot of trouble growing up. I'm going to tell you. That. <laughs> same here. Same I here. I, I did get a lot of grief. So, yeah. And it was never meant in a malicious way, but it was more of like the taboo, quote unquote, topics didn't apply. Like we would ask our brothers to get us a pad or, you know, help us with. They knew very well what it was. What cramps time of month, or, yeah. Wasn't like anything would, taboo in our family at all. But that wasn't the case for my mom, because I remember she did mention like in her childhood that it was something they didn't discuss freely when it came to like menstruation and women issues and stuff um so I thought it was really interesting that she chose to just kind of take whatever her childhood was and make it something more important to be honest because she didn't like her brothers not knowing things or you know having to hide something Mm -hmm. that was normal like having your period (laughs) yeah and in certain topics I felt like we like we could ask our parents a lot of things that were out of the, I mean, I remember telling my dad who I had a crush on, like that's how open our relationship yeah, that is. That is like, amazing. To be able to go to your dad and be like, look, I really like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and, and my dad just looking at me like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, we almost had, we used to have like fishbowl discussions in the living room where you sit true. and throw a topic out there. Like, what do you guys think about this? And then we chat about it. Um, so uh, that creating that, environment it allows to i think decrease the lying that and that bad that deceptive behaviors that families sometimes fall into harmlessly due to yeah. just leading up with the bad habit of like let's not talk about this let's throw this under the rug let's just put a white lie and kids roll their eyes because they know they know when their kids are their parents are avoiding a topic or even openly deceiving them and, and a lot of times with these topics, if you discuss them very like, you know, kind of black and white in a sense, not really going into a lot of depth unless, you know, the situation calls for it. But it takes out the taboo from that topic. It takes out all of the uh, baggage true. that comes with that topic. Very so if you're just point, discussing yeah. menstruation, for example, like we said, having your period black and white. OK, every month, <laughs> this is what happens to the girls da, 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 you know, like. Very basic, but at the t- same time, when your brother asks you, "Why aren't you praying now?" Like you can, <laughs> you can be like, "You know why? Mom told you. Come on, we had this discussion. You know the reason." You know, it's yeah. very. It doesn't have all this weight to it, and you know, I know people. They tell them, "Oh, um, I've heard that, like some weird stories of people saying things when they can't pray, like, 
oh, she's um on her. I, I can't remember the the example, the <laughs> specific word, but it was so outlandish. It was so <laughs> like crazy, and I'm like, how is your brother believing that? Like, <laughs> it's like she's on vacation or she's on like some like random thing, and I'm like. Why are you lying to the poor boy? He's going to figure it out when he gets married too. Like, I don't know. Honestly, I would, I would say that today you can't afford to lie to your children because that trust relationship is so important. And I think lying is one of the fastest ways to, um, yeah, to lose that, that trust. So we need to have strong families. I mean, the, the topics and the issues and the, the situations that are occurring in the world, like we need to be together. We need to yeah. discuss these things um, in a way that is healthy. And that mm-hmm. means open dialogue. Lying is not okay. And there's a reason why, you know, we see the, in our, in our Islamic personality, we know that lying is not okay. And it's also there's a reason it, it hurts the community structure. It deteriorates relationships. It it just doesn't cause any positive outcomes. And of course, there are like exceptional cases where lying is okay. But I think as an overall structure, if you can at least have that foundation of trust in your family, then you can get through a lot together. You can kind of ride the waves of yeah. Corona, and it, it, COVID, everything going on. That's it causing. Doesn't, it doesn't necessarily happen naturally. It's something you have to kind of work at. Because if you're a person who you naturally just tell these little white lies or Very true. Tell them I'm not home or um, I can't come right now because I'm doing something else, whatever it may be, or you have to kind of take a look at yourself and be like, why am I telling these lies? Is it necessary? Why, why is my kid seeing this? And, and kind of work towards having more of a household of open communication and kind of having the dialogue that will provide your family a better you know, dynamic in which you're telling the truth and you're more of an honest family. That's so, true. you know, sometimes we have to confront our own um, where, where we falter in this area, because yeah. you're right. Sometimes we may say something like, Oh yeah, I'm doing great. Everything's fine. And then your kid's like, bro, like the laundry is falling all over the place. And, I saw you crying on the couch <laughs> just now. <laughs> like you're sick, but like we would never admit it, you know, let's say for example. So, you know, yeah, you're right. Like being more, honest. I mean, nobody's saying like, throw all your baggage out there when you talk to somebody like, no, I'm struggling so bad. <laughs> be positive, be upbeat. But yeah. at the same time, be a person of word of your word, yeah. like yeah. speak truth to what you're saying. Um, it goes a far way. It really yeah. does. I think vulnerability is, is really the underlying thing that a lot of people have problems being vulnerable with no, their it's, families it's, and others. It's extremely difficult because especially if you're someone who has been vulnerable in the past and then it's kind of like between Ooh, the, but yes, you know, like people yes. came at you or you were vulnerable and then you realize, wow, it didn't really work out that well. Maybe I'm going to put up this wall. It, it's, it's not easy being vulnerable, even doing this podcast, putting our lives out there in a I sense know. and sharing yeah. our dynamic with our families. You're opening it up for many people to say things, but at the same time, I think, you have to be authentic. You have to say your, your, what, you know, the truth is in your life. And sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's darn right ugly. It's, it's just, that's the way life is. It's ups and downs, you know? So. And I think the role of parent can shift. I mean, I don't have teenagers yet, but I feel like 
you go from like the mode of like teaching everything and you're like the the one in charge to kind of being in a place where like, no, I think we have to figure this out together. Yeah. Like we're kind of like, I, I'm still the parent, but yeah. as we move forward in life, these issues that arise, I didn't face these as a child. Yeah. So I'm going to be vulnerable as a parent to tell you, no, what do you think? Like, how should, how can we deal with this situation? Talk it through. Yeah. I don't know if everybody is ready for that dynamic shift though as you have children, because that takes a lot of like restraint. It has to change. The dynamic has to change in order for you to have a good relationship. Because as you're, when you're little, when your kids are little, it's kind of more, you're in charge. You're the, you're the parent that's going to tell them what to do and kind of, they're looking toward you. But as you get older, it's kind of more of a coaching mentality Mm, where it's like a discussion. And I, I think the teenage years, I mean, Social media was not around during when I was a teenager. It, you know, so the most was AOL. I mean, I'm dating myself. Yeah. But that's, that's I remember AOL, but yeah, it wasn't how it is. So I am dreading that conversation and and my kids being involved in social media and all that stuff. Like how to approach it because these are things that I'm terrified of. I don't know because I'm not necessarily in that world as yeah. much as they probably will be. So yeah, there are topics I mean, that will spark our own anxiety that we have to be willing to delve into. Absolutely. And, and like you mentioned the social media thing, I watched um, a documentary a while back and they were mentioning how the bullying issue used to only occur when you were around those children at school, but because of social media, yeah, a child can be bullied 24 seven, you know, yep. like wherever, like while they're at home having dinner, people can be putting comments on their pages and hurting their feelings. And so it becomes this consuming you know, constant social engagement that our children. So it's, it can be intense. And if you don't, if they can't come to you, it's going to cause a lot of issues as they grow because we need, we need our families. We need to still have our parents to go to. So, yeah, I I mean, this topic I think is very vast, (laughs) whether it's coming from the mom themselves, um, the parent themselves trying to work on their own little white lies, as they say, which, you know, we, we just say lying in general or, or being deceptive towards um, fostering uh, honesty in your child. Yeah, definitely. So like you mentioned, this topic is very uh, vast and there's so many more things to say, but why don't we go into what's next? So do you have anything for that? So I think that it would be important for every person um, if you really want to work on how this topic affects you as an individual, sit down and examine how lying manifests in your own life. Because as we know, like being a person of truth, you know, a sadiq, a, a, a truthful, sincere person is not, not something that will just come like magic. Like you said, it's not very like natural to some people. And also just as, as a human being, it is something that you have to work at. It's a high level. So I would say sit down and just examine like what are the areas in regard to lying that I as an individual can work on, um, whether it be, um, you know, just being more open when people ask me little questions or if it's those big topics like I really need to figure out how I'm going to tackle talking to my children about holidays, about death or, you know, uh, sensitive topics in general. So uh, examine how it manifests in your life and just give it, give yourself a little bit of reflection on the topic because sometimes we're just go, 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 go. And a little bit of reflection might go a long way. Very true. That's, that's a really good what's next. Um, for me, I have that, uh, we had mentioned about, um, an experience I had with the Macy's day parade and my kids seeing something on TV. So I would recommend that everybody 
look for opportunities to have open dialogue with your kids when you're out and about. So mm-hmm. say you're at, okay. you know, walk, taking a walk and, you know, you see something in the street or you, um, I know we had confronted homelessness. We had seen, you know, some people there. So have use these things that occur in your daily life as an opportunity right. to have this dialogue with your kids, whether it be something you see on uh, the television or see something while you're in just going about your life um, so that you can be able to approach these topics in a way that may sometimes when it comes up unexpected, you'll find that even if you don't have the words right then and there, come back to it and it can really have good discussion between you and your kids and open up the door for other great conversations. Awesome. I love that. And, and that, I think that that is golden right there, honestly, because you're not going, you don't have to go out of your way to discuss these things, but just kind of being more mindful in your daily yeah. life, you'll notice that there are option, opportunities everywhere to pick your children's brain, see where their, their headspace is at, where they think about these topics. And they might surprise you. They might be able to discuss it with yeah, you even true. better than you expected. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, be good to yourself. Assalamu alaikum. To support this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For feedback, topic ideas, or just to continue the conversation, email us at muslimmomspodcast at gmail.com. Assalamu alaikum.